Sand through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to the show formerly known as the Bauer Hour, now currently known as the longest days of our lives. Um, we didn't do our research uh, and kind of kind of fucked that one up, didn't we? Um, I'm Michael Cushing, and I'm joined by my good, good friends, Michael and Curtis. Hey, fellas. Going hey, on. <laughs> how, how are things? Things are good. Things are intriguing right now. After checking out episode two. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a tasty, I, I, tasty episode. Oh, oh yeah. Man. So we got through Kimnapped, mm-hmm. uh, episode one. Yep. Uh, it is now one in the morning in L.A. And um, I want to I want to give you I want to take you guys through a little journey. Give us a little recap. OK. Mm-hmm. Imagine, if you will, you're a federal agent. You just had, uh, you know, a typical day at work. You're uh, a long day. You're estranged from your wife. But you're trying to get things right. You know, maybe you've been kicked out of the house, but you're you're feeling things out again. You get a call. You're needed in the office. Um, within the next hour of your life, you realize that your daughter has run away from home, possibly with some drug addicts. You learn that a senator is in your town and might be targeted for assassination. You shoot your boss in the leg to blackmail him for information. Uh, you discover that two of your coworkers are boning. You may have been boning one of them before, Mm -hmm. and a plane has just blown up in the desert, and it's now your problem. What is your next move? Wow, that is... That is one hour hour of your life. Forget the longest day of your life. That is the longest hour of my life. Right. I've not accomplished that much in in weeks, let alone in a single hour. Yeah. I I think it's an easy just, you know what, guys? I'm not playing anymore. I'm out. (laughs) I'm just not, you know, it, once the plane goes, like, I'm, I'm done. I need um, a quick snoozer. Yeah. It was, that'd be the next, that'd be the next five episodes. Like, forget, gotta go forget the fact that 24 doesn't show people pooping. Like, I need to take a nap. I haven't yeah. slept all day. Can't do they this. Don't, they don't even show him pounding um, no-dos or Red Bulls or anything either. He's just going on pure adrenaline and just badassery. I mean, to be fair, I imagine that shooting your boss in, with a tranquilizer and then like grilling him for inf- information and blackmailing him probably gives you a healthy dose of adrenaline. I That's feel just like Jack though. Bauer's heart rate doesn't even get above a 50 unless he's like just eviscerating someone with a knife. <laughs> well, later on, we're going we're to have to talk about that, about about <laughs> Jack's physical prowess. OK, yes. and his yes. overall his overall conditioning. Um, But. So I, I, it dawned on me in this episode as the newbie to this show. I'm like sitting here thinking, oh my, at some point it's going to be 3 p.m. for these people. And I better mm-hmm. see some bags under eyes and just some general dragging of ass. Like it's just going to be bad news, you know. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. You're because, assuming yeah, that anyone's going to be alive at 3 p.m. Yeah, that's a, a, true. a logical leap. True. The body um, count picked up a taste if you don't yeah. count an entire plane full of people. We got our don't. first confirmed on-kill, on-screen kills from Mr. Oh, yeah. Jack Bauer this mm-hmm. episode. But yeah, so let's get into the episode. So um, first of all, I do want to say, uh, I realized this in the last episode, but it didn't quite click. But as we get into it, I realized at the end of the last episode, which was happening at like 12.59 a.m. Or uh, yeah, a.m. when they're showing the bomber, uh, Mandy, jumping from the plane, mm-hmm. you see the sun rising in the distance. At 1 a.m., which I thought was weird. Um, but then, so episode two opens up at, you know, 102 in the morning. 
parachute landing. Uh, she touches down and it's pitch black, as one might expect for one in the morning. Right. Um, so she's on the ground and then we have a split screen right to CTU. We're getting right back in the action with our boy Jack. Can we talk and about the split screens real quick? If we have to, please lay it on me. What's up? <laughs> so I don't think I ever <laughs> noticed it the first time we watched this show. But some of these split screens are just completely unnecessary. They are yeah. split screens of the same angle of the action, just slightly like, zoomed in. Like different zoom levels. Yeah. Like, like same angle, same person, right. same like. Maybe yeah. like a 50% zoom versus like a 75% zoom. And it's like, why are we split screening this exactly? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I kind of liked it a little <laughs> bit on, on the Mandy doubles, the, the double splitsies. Um, yeah, because I was later I was, in the episode was, with with Nina that it's just like literally the same shot and she's right. like picking up a phone. Right. For me, I was I was wondering because because I, I do have a friend who works in the magical television realm. I was wondering, I was like, did they manage to get both these in the same shot? You know, is there going to be a little hiccup in one of these split screens that shows me that this is a this is a little bit of a reshoot? The old second second take. And yeah. they, they might have messed up. So that was intriguing to me. It wasn't really the action of the show. It was just like, did somebody fuck up? Uh, yeah, so I'm with you. The, the split screens are kind of silly, but again, a, a 24 staple. Yeah. Um. So, so speaking of 24 staples, we get back to CTU, and which is me, apparently Jack- is a is a recommissioned college radio station. Thank yeah, you. It was. Thank a, you. What yeah, is that building? That struck <laughs> me. It was. It, it looked like just a typical radio station, uh, and it's very odd because the inside of CTU is very technological, and I mean, maybe future future seasons show it to be a much more like secure compound this was just like a building with a radio tower on top so my guess is that it's like very indescript and that all of the action takes place underground maybe kind of like an area 51 possibly yeah yeah i think i think we might explore ctu itself in later episodes because things spoiler alert for curtis will change as we move forward that's all i'll say about that um so let's move forward so jack in the first couple minutes makes a to me, another one of his famous logical leaps in that mm-hmm. he he realizes that the plane that went down came from Berlin, yeah. um, and that that must be the shooter. So some this must so be really So he just assumes that the shooter escaped from a seven forty seven that exploded in midair. He just exactly. assumes and, that this is something that normal people do on right. a regular basis. And I will say, I did a little bit of research into this, and. Uh, First of all, there's no such thing as a direct flight from Berlin to LAX. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But if you do want to travel from Berlin to LAX right now, you can do so round trip for $451, okay. which that's a good deal. Shocking to say yeah, the least. I'm just going to say that. Okay, so so Jack makes that. He's talking to Tony, uh, our our soul patch boy, who we believe has something going on with Nina. Yeah. Um, Besides and, that, Jack. Yeah. So uh, Tony asserts himself here a little bit. He, this is the first time he's made himself known as a real character and an agent in CTU. He pushes back against Jack, realizing that something went wrong with Mason, the guy that Jack shot in the leg in the previous episode. Um, and he challenges Jack a little bit. And Nina needs to step in and make up some bullshit cover story for Jack. I kind of read it as Tony was accusing Jack of possibly sexually molesting Mason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was yeah. like, hey, he went up there, uh, you know, he disappeared for a half hour, and now he's limping, buddy. Yeah, what'd oh, you do? Oh, what'd man. you do to him? You give him that good dick? But <sighs> hmm? <laughs> about Double Dog, maybe? I don't know. Um, first off, you know, I didn't like the, I, I, Tony, just go to hell. I don't like him, right, at this point. Just not, not a fan. 
then, you know, people, I get it, you're in a room full of federal agents, but, you know, they're just being nosy. Everybody's mm-hmm. turning around and watching and stuff. It's like, hey, you know, mind your own goddamn business. We've got serious things to talk about here. Yeah. It, it seems like Nina, it wasn't the first ahead. time that Tony might have stepped to Jack, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, definitely agreed. And I, I will say it, we get a couple things from here. One, it's not the first time Tony stepped to Jack. Uh, two, we learn that Jack does not seem to be a big fan of criticism, which maybe not shocking from a guy who's willing to shoot his boss in the leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Nina's response to Jack saying, that's an interesting story you made up to cover for him. Um, Nina's response is, that's better than the truth. Um, so we've already learned that Nina may be a little willing to, to uh, play fast and loose with the rules. Correct. And yeah. I say to this, when she steps in to help Jack, oh, now I know y'all been fucking. Yeah. <laughs> and we also have confirmation that Nina and Tony are fucking. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. People people fucking left and right. That's <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. Later, oh, I mean, we'll play. talk about this later on, but he basically says, you may be the boss of me at work, but uh-huh. when we get home, I'm going to handle it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You're not wrong. Okay. <laughs> so then we, we smash cut back to Mandy, the bomber, who's sitting... Um, so within three minutes, almost uh, you know, rubies. Hold, hold on. So why, yeah. why, 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 why Mandy naked though? Yeah. Okay. So she's <laughs> she's sitting in front of a fire, just completely naked. Um, no, she's just got undies naked. on. She's got she's undies, got undies on. on. It looks like she's like in some kind of peyote trap. Like what's going on? Why is that happening? <laughs> okay. So I, I had two notes on this. One, uh, she looks good! Exclamation point. Um, also. I noted that she was sitting next to a roaring campfire, and this reminded me of some, my biggest, one of my biggest problems with uh, Terminator Salvation with Christian Bale. Uh, in one scene, someone says uh, these hunter killer drones hunt by by infrared, and then in the next scene, our heroes are sitting in the desert, sitting around a bonfire. And <laughs> I know that whenever I would try to be like undetectable in a desert after blowing up a plane that I landed directly beneath. I would light a fire and sit by it in the middle of the desert. Well, to be fair, I mean, if the plane exploded, there's probably a lot of things on fire. That's that's fair. Very fair. And it did a good job of kind of obscuring the boobies a little bit. Which, to be fair, another good question. Why didn't she get dressed in the five minutes leading up to the car driving up? I have a note on that. It just says, almost boobies. Because you can almost see boobies. I I I just think she was high. I just, I, I I don't, there's no explanation for doing that. Yeah. She's yeah. staring at that fire. Fire can be magical when one is on a drug. Maybe yeah. she's so, a little bit of a pyro. So guys, what happens with, with uh, Mandy sitting around the fire after that? The Jeep comes and picks her up. Uh, well, she buries right, the ID. Right before that, right? she, she buries yeah. the ID. She buries the, the most thing. important ID in history mm-hmm. because it was worth killing a plane full of human beings. Right. So she, <laughs> she, had, pulled the, she had pulled the photographer's ID and she puts it in some device with some sort of tracker and buries it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets picked up by the Jeep and then right afterward, someone, some mysterious figure on a dirt bike comes by and digs it, like finds it with a tracker and picks it up. Also begging the question, why didn't she just give it to the person on the dirt bike to begin with mm-hmm. as insurance, presumably? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, why Why did on. she have to wait for the person in the Jeep to come pick her up? Why didn't the person in the dirt bike just come first and she could just hand it to them? Yeah. Also, why did it the makes- person in the dirt bike in the complete darkness not take off their helmet and visor in order to be able to find this crap in the dirt? 
Uh, because that was a sweet fear helmet, bro. Yeah. Also, because yes. we were meant to think that's a man and yep. not a sweet lady on that Surprise! bike, which we'll get to later. It's a lady. Um, so it turns out we're only six minutes into this episode, and we have unpacked a lot and gotten nowhere. Um, Wait, I've taken. So, I took one more note before the next yeah. the next jump. Uh, Tony was very perceptive. Uh, he mm-hmm. he realized that Nina was probably lying. Um, so I wrote yeah. that Tony is very perceptive, but also a dickhole. Yeah, I I wrote that Tony has a nose for danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my the, big takeaway. From I think that. it's the soul patch. Yeah, oh, God damn it, it's like a third um, eye. Okay, so real quick before we start getting into the real action of it, the next thing that happens is that we cut to Terry, um, Jack's ex, er, a strange wife, and she's driving with the father of Janet, her you know her daughter Kim's friend. They find the furniture store. They get in there. Terry gets a call from Jack. Why is and... the furniture store unlocked? Thank you. That's so rude. They left rude. the car there, and they left the furniture store unlocked. They are the worst kidnappers yeah. ever. They're very bad. And we're going to get into that later because- um, And they it, left the condom there wrapper. Are there, so, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is what we're building up to. Um, <clears throat> you know, the dad of, of Janet, Kim's friend, finds a condom wrapper, and there's this moment um, where- they look at each other like, oh, my God, they've done the worst thing possible. These these teenagers had sex. Oh, no, he um, is not upset Protected enough. sex. He is not Protect- upset it's enough. protected sex. Right. If your daughter yeah. had run off and had sex with someone in a furniture store and left the wrapper around, Curtis, you would have murdered just general just people out on the street. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a positive to only having he is sons, just like, friend. Oh, they've been here. <laughs> right. So, meanwhile, so we've learned that, you know, uh, someone had been having protected sex, which is, you know what, frankly, very responsible for a yeah. f- gentleman who had roofied the girl he was having <laughs> exactly. sex with. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> he said that he just gave her nothing she didn't want, and I assume well, he was talking about the D. That dick. The no, but then, <laughs> the no, because then later he tells okay. Dan, the gentleman who did have sex with Janet, tells Rick that he should have given Kim a roofie. So we cut to Kim in the van with uh, her her Kim nappers, and um, Kim obviously starting to freak out at this point. She says that her dad is a federal agent, and they they say like I thought he was dead. And she says if I'm not home in a half an hour, <laughs> you guys are going to be in big trouble. I need to get home. And like it's like she sees and actually has heard that they've roofied her friend. Mm-hmm. And that she's in trouble. And her thing is, if I'm not home in half an hour, my dad's going to be mad. Yeah. My dad's going to be real mad. <laughs> there was also a, a part a where she was, he was like, he was like, hey, just chill out. And she goes, you chill. Right. So Kim, very obviously a, a piss poor kidnappy and our, our incompetent <laughs> kidnappers are, are really just driving things around. Kim is the worst and that van is just horrible. The, oh the, 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 the music is hot garbage. Dude. Yeah. The interior is just the worst and the underlight, really, the purple lights. Yeah. Come on, man. That is to a be fair, wagon this was to the, the early, this was 2001. That shit was hot back then. <laughs> that music was never hot. Not <laughs> ever. Oh, guys. <laughs> anyway. Guys, I did, I did some research on the music and uh, that they kept playing in the van because i was like this is really really bad and (laughs) i actually tried to shazam it it did not work i had to i had to look up lyrics i had to listen to it multiple times to look up lyrics the music one of the songs is by a band called rocket science called losing losing your edge 
Oh God! Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's sure, real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, well, thank, thank you for doing that. Doing the tough welcome. one because I wasn't going to listen to it more than once. No. No, I listened right. to it like 17 times to try and hear the lyrics. Good God, no. Well, yeah. speaking of rockets and things blowing up, um, <laughs> so at the end of episode one, uh, Jack tells Nina to call Walsh mm-hmm. uh, because of the plane blowing up. Walsh doesn't pick up. Sorry about my dog in the background. Um, so we finally cut to uh, Agent Walsh and realize why he's not why he's not uh, picking up the phone. We, we meet him in a secluded, he comes out of an elevator into a secluded hallway, meets a guy named Scott who claims to have information on an agency conspiracy to kill David Palmer, our senator, and he hands him a simple key card that has data encrypted on it uh, with uh, information about the the assassination and agents with or agents within the agency who are in on the, on the assassination attempt. Scotty is sweaty. Yeah, oh, yeah, Scotty is sweating. Also, I cannot again. It's one a.m. Everyone is wearing suits, yeah. which I don't know about you guys. I'm in my jam jams at that point. <laughs> and Big time. are they? So what I gathered was that this place is what they consider division, because he said this is the key card we use to get in and out of here. And then later on, Jack says to Jamie, "Hey, you know those key cards we use to get in and out of division." So, right. like, they're only specifically used to get in and out of that particular building or, like, all of CTU or I I couldn't quite figure that out. Yeah, it's a very weird thing. I mean, yeah, again, this is one of those things and we'll see it later in the episode where, like, Jack, like, has this weird technology in his car. This is one of the <laughs> one of the rules it's a DVD of the drink player. He has a DVD right. player in his car that you can a DVD player that you can switch from optical to magnetic. <laughs> yeah. um, this is what, one of the one of the rules of the drinking game that we played back in the day was um, anytime twenty four uses technology you wish existed, take a five second drink. <laughs> and this was one of the first ones that I think really popped out because it's just like silliness. But it, so we get this information, uh, Scott who's an unwilling participant in this thing. He says, you have me for 24 hours and then immediately gets shot. Yep. And then Walsh calls Jack for help. She gets, he gets shot by the absolute worst assassins in the history of the universe. Um, Mm -hmm. They have, they got two dudes just waiting outside the elevator. They fire approximately eight shots and they kill one guy and barely hit the other guy in the arm. Like, why why did they just randomly fire at them they could have killed them two shots to the head both of them dead right center of mass bro you you fire at the center of mass and these gentlemen were doing what they were trained to do right uh and failed very badly but uh walsh walsh who has been killed but has the key card gives jack a call says there's two shooters and that he needs help right now um so three minutes later jack is in a car and uh, instead of calling for backup or any sort of like anything, calls Terry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, and, he can't call backup because you don't know who's in on. He can't. He can't trust anyone. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, he he calls Terry to just say that Kim is probably not missing. She's just partying. <laughs> and that's totes okay. Yeah. Just partying. At, don't worry about at, it. At which point we cut back to the to the van with party music. <laughs> and uh, Rick Rick says one of to me one of the funniest lines in the show thus far. Um, I know it seems like we're really bad guys, but we're cool. We just have some stuff to do, <laughs> like roofy high schoolers. 
just just some quick kidnapping at this okay, point that's... at this point rick do you even go to san diego state i don't believe you do no i don't think he does either <laughs> yeah so in this we learn a little bit in that dan the guy who's driving the car and seems to be driving the operation is definitely a bad dude because janet is clearly dying choking yeah. on her own vomit mm-hmm. and he I doesn't care Dan's name so i just kept calling them rick and douche <laughs> Yeah, I, I might have actually made up Dan. I'm just no, no. Dan. Dan is his, Dan is his name because <laughs> no, Dan's the one that works at the furniture store. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Rick Rick helps out. He saves Janet. He you know he puts her head out the window. Like whatever. So Rick clearly a soft boy. Dan mm-hmm. just kind of a douche. Yeah. Um. And then Dan right. calls Kim a bitch. <gasps> Damn. He says, "Stop being a bitch." Just can't say. You can't say that. Yeah. You, know? you can't say that to me, sir. It's just, it's just it, it hurts and it's wrong. And do yeah. you know what that does to the psyche mm-hmm. of a girl as young as Kim? Mm-hmm. Right? Pretty she, messed up. She's impressionable. So uh, who wants to tell me about David Palmer? We're about 20 minutes in. What oh, happens with him? Oh, what I... Well, first off, um, Mr. Palmer uh, has a very nice scene with his wife um, talking about the best day of his life, looking lovingly into her eyes and explains to her that it was the day that he made a shot to win a game in the Final Four. Guys, against I did some research the, on DePaul. this. Um, the only time that DePaul was in the Final <laughs> Four was in 1943, which Palmer was not alive for, and 1979. Uh, in 1979, DePaul actually did lose in the Final Four on a last-minute shot. But it was by a man named Bob Heaton, and it was for Indiana State University, the team that Larry Bird played on. Mm. uh, They won that game against Paul. Yes, and they went on to lose to Magic Johnson and Michigan State. So Palmer uh, Mm -hmm. is appropriating a story from a Mr. Bob Heaton, who, by the way, is a Republican congressman Mm. for Indiana. Damn. Also... Georgetown, or, or also Palmer went to Georgetown, not Indiana State. He's a liar. And there was no three-point <laughs> line in 1979 in college. Palmer is a big liar. I want to know what he's hiding. He is hiding so much stuff. Yeah, no, we're he's very clearly hiding something, mostly from journalist Maureen Kingsley, which he does eventually call some sort of political, political operative in to cover his ass. Carl. Uh, we don't, Carl. Some mysterious man named Carl. We don't know who he is. Carl Winslow. Know. Also, <laughs> also Palmer's uh, aide, the the young woman there. Yeah, she when he first walks in and says, "Oh, hey, did Patty. Carl call?" The way she looks at him, she wants him bigly. I, hey, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I thought Chris, for a minute. What's, what's your they fucking sense on that one? They're not fucking yet, but she wants to be fucking. I will judge the levels of fucking around here. Okay, <laughs> what I'm saying is this. It's the only one of us who has kids. That's probably appropriate. Is Senator Palmer as a registered sex has has thought about fucking that aide has been dreaming about that fucking. Oh yeah, she want that fucking. Mm -hmm. She need that fucking. I don't think she gonna get the fucking. So we'll Well, see what happens. Think speaking of things that people ain't gonna get. Mm-hmm. Um, so after, after we meet the Palmers and, uh, realize there's some tension there. And um, Palmer's a liar about his basketball skills. 
Exactly, exactly. Uh, we smash cut to a new character, uh, a gentleman named Ira Gaines. He's on the phone saying that he is a, a way around the security of something. And in the background, a, a Jeep with Mandy, the plane bomber, shows up and he delivers to her a case full of money, which I have to say I would love someone to do for me one day. I just I time out real quick. Did we go to a different country all of a sudden? It seemed like they were like in the jungle for a minute. I was just like, "What? What happened here?" It's I mean, it's desert, Curtis. Yeah. I, okay, sure, man. You have no idea what's out in the Mojave Desert. It could be. Anything. I don't. You're right. I it saw by side. Was like, there seemed to be a lot of cover, and there was also a cactus. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just wondering what's happening here. There was, there was a lot of shadows. Uh, for it to be the de- cool, man. I got gotcha. you. We're good. Yeah. So there's also so, an interesting trope here. Of yes. A deal happening between bad guys, two different bad guys, some cash being exchanged, and one of the bad guys counting the money and the other bad guy saying, it's It's all there. there. Yeah. Why are you counting? And it's like, you're a fucking bad guy. There's no honor amongst thieves, my dude. Why would I not count this money? What the hell? Why why do bad guys always get like, how dare you say that I would cheat you out of money? Yeah, I have no honor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because you're a villain, bro? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you just paid me money to blow up a plane, yeah. I guess? For an ID. Um, so I want to I stick with Mandy and Gaines real quick in this spot line before we jump back a little bit, just, you know, for continuity's sake. Mm-hmm. So a couple minutes ahead of time. Um, so we, we jump to Mandy in the bathroom, and I believe she's naked again. Oh, yeah. Toad's uh, naked. To some yeah. level or another. I wrote almost boobies again. Almost okay. boobies. Yeah. So then... Some gentleman, and again, proving there's no honor amongst thieves, walks into the bathroom on her, and he looks like Martin, the photographer uh, from the plane that she just blew up, but with different hair. Just and we really that, blonde. <laughs> yeah, very blonde, <laughs> shitty, <laughs> shitty hair. My, um, my, my note here says, well, some bitch, creepy swordfish double. <laughs> and we learn that this is the guy who's supposed to kill David Palmer. And how do we learn that, Kush? Because she says, you're going to kill David Palmer. Yeah, yeah. In case you weren't aware of what was happening, in case you weren't aware that David Palmer's life was being threatened by somebody coming from Berlin, and she had jumped off of a plane coming from Berlin and had an ID for a dude who looked exactly like that guy, and David Palmer was in L.A. where she was. In case you didn't realize all of this... Oh, you're go. You're the one who's you're gonna, gonna you're kill gonna David kill Palmer. And and guys, here interesting. I, I reached a thought here at this point. I, I I as a black man understand how how racist people can be, and that that Jack's first suspicion that this could be a white nationalist group that's planning this assassination. I need to know that this man did something serious or is going to do something really serious moving forward to be able to commit the level of crime needed to kill this human being. You have murdered somewhere up to 300 people so far. <laughs> right. You've gotten a magician plastic surgeon to make a, an assassin look like someone else just to kill one man. Yeah, so let's think about the investment in this so far. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is How much cash absurd. was in that suitcase? I mean, it... it a couple hundred grand. At least. And to be fair, like, how much... I mean... Looking at the current reality of our world in 2017, 
I see that a lot could potentially ride on who winds up in the presidency, but <laughs> like, how much money would you pay for something like this? This it's absurd. Yeah, I mean, Vladdy Daddy spent maybe a hundred grand on internet trolls to get Trump in. <laughs> these yeah. these guys are high rolling to kill a dude who might win. This is impressive. Right. He's exactly. not even the nominee yet. No. No, he's not. That's the weird thing is like he's not even nominated yet and they're already willing to shell out hundreds of thousands of dollars and kill 400 people on a 747. Well, guys, to, kill to this be guy. fair, to be fair, we all know that Hillary has murdered people with her bare hands and probably would have done the same thing to Bernie Sanders if she had even a fraction of a chance. So that's let's a, cut back. That's a true story. Let's cut back to Jack Bauer. Yeah. Uh, so. He need he finds the building where where Walsh is hauled up, being attacked by unknown number of assailants, and mm-hmm. he calls Nina because he needs an entry code to a building. Okay, can we just she's... talk about? <laughs> this is good software. He can't, he can't call. He can't call anyone for backup because he doesn't know who the mole is. But he can call Nina just because he because supposedly they fucking. Yeah, they thank you. Fucking. Thank you. But then he says, is this a secure line? And she says, no. And he says, oh, we don't have time. What do you mean? We don't have time. You don't know who a mole is. And anyone apparently can just access call logs in right. approximately come back to four seconds. Almost immediately because yeah. Nina does let him into the building. Jack walks in to do sweet, sweet murder oh, by like cocking his gun, putting that silencer on. But then we learn that uh, someone is listening in and has, by the way, the best transcript software in the business. Thank so you. Good. Um, <laughs> so um, good. It can even put in words that weren't said. The yeah, CTU software is just impressive. Just to find uh, the, the past we discover so, so great. Yeah, we discover two things. One, Tony Almeida from CTU is, a is uh, one, a Cubs fan. Cubs fan. Hey, God damn up? it. It made me mad because now I can't hate him anymore. Right. Uh, and also, he's listening in to Jack and Nina's call and has a full transcript and now knows where Jack is about to do murder, um, which I have a feeling will come back to haunt everybody. So, Curtis. Yes, sir. Partway through this episode here, we're about, uh, I'd say, 25 minutes in. Mm-hmm. God. Can we, get a, can we get a poll from you on who you think the mole is? The, the, right now, yeah, as right now, here, as, as we here, are in this episode, I have switched my belief at this point over to uh, to Tank Top Girl or a midriff chick. Oh, Jamie. her name is Jamie. Um, Hacker. Said that she can be trusted. Here's the thing, though. Well, not at this point. Oh, he hadn't that's said true. it. He hadn't said it yet. All I knew was that that the person who who had, who had done this had managed to put that information on the magnetic strip of that card, mm. which is was a fear of people who were crazy back in the 90s about uh, Hotoki cards. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I, I thought, okay, a little techie lean, and they want me to hate Tony, but Tony's a Cubs fan, and Cubs fans are good people. That's true. Just generally. Every single one of them. So, so who else could it be but this chick I don't trust? All right. So, yeah. Midriff tank top girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. I went yeah. there. Okay. Fair enough. So, okay. So, Jack gets in. He's rolling into the building. He finds Walsh. We cut back to Tony and Nina. And this is where uh, Tony confronts Wait, Nina Wait, before about- he finds Walsh, he struggles mightily with some stairs. Yeah. Well, Thank you. you. Know, okay. <laughs> the building is like hey, eight to stories. Be fair, he's been up all day and it's one in the morning. But the Dude. building is like eight whole stories. Thank you. The buildings in LA aren't even that tall. Jack, Jack is just struggling. He's like, <gasps> It's real rough, man. 
Maybe um, he just knows that he is about to commit some good, good murder, which, uh, to be fair, he's about to. And also, so Tony confronts Nina, and we get oh, some wait, interesting I, information. Yeah. Real, real quick, we can come back. That's very good. We learn, because this is where Tony confronts her about the whole home life and, like, you're mm-hmm. my boss at work yep. thing, but I'm going to give it to you at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also, Nina says something's very interesting. Nina says something interesting. She says... This is a military organization. Mm-hmm. There's a chain of command. I tell you what to do and you don't question it. Which, again, I, I looked into the Wikipedia about <laughs> CTU. It's apparently a domestic wing of the CIA, which makes no, literally that's no not sense. A, that's not a thing. But that's like, absolutely the opposite of what a thing should be. Right. Correct. And that's also, it's a military organization? Huh? Mm-mm. To be, okay, no, honestly, so so the FBI falls under the Department of Justice, which, which is under the Attorney General. Mm-hmm. The remaining intelligence organizations fall under the Department of Defense and or Homeland Security. Yeah, so it can be considered. That is true. I mean, the, the, there's a whole a military organization. Like, there's a whole intelligence wing of like the Navy. Right. Every branch has its own thing for yeah. sure. Uh, okay, I'll give it to them. So there's in this in this world there is a domestic arm of the cia which i guess would be the precursor to the, like the nsa which doesn't exist right now or homeland right, security but even, which even exist. It, but homeland security didn't exist until november of 20, 2002 right. so this is right. all dod yeah essentially yeah. yeah so that was just an interesting point very silly and i'm sure it was a throwaway line of the time but uh it's confusing for me <laughs> I want to know why Jack owes Walsh his life. That was yeah. I was just about to get to that. He says he owes him his life, and yeah. there's no explanation for it. Nope. And I, and and judging by the way this episode ended, I don't think we're going to get an explanation. Hey guys, real oh, quick. Spoiler. I know we, we need to move on, but real quick, how did Walsh get that silence wrong with one hand? Just <laughs> it wasn't there. It, and 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 why are they carrying silences around? <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody has a silencer. Like and Jack like just pulls one out of his jacket as he's running into the like he doesn't have to go to a special kit or anything. Like no, just like no. yeah, sometimes I need to do assassin kinds of murder. Yeah. The tranquilizer darts we keep in a in a in a little a safe over here in the briefcases. When you're getting in a gunfight in the middle of LA, you need a silencer. I don't see the problem yeah, with that. So speaking of getting into gunfights in the middle of LA, Mm. Around one minute and thirty five or one hour and thirty five minutes, we get our first Jack Bauer kill of the show. Ooh, mm. uh, it's it's about time and one of the first of many. But uh, I was really reminded of Die Hard, like a lot of glass yes. flying around. Yes, yeah. Um, there was like an explosion of glass, and they like focus on it for a half second while he was crawling through it. Right. Yeah. Which, which reminded me, I'm like, he's gonna have to clean this up in this episode. He's gonna have to wrap his hands up at some point because no. we don't skip time here. It's no. they're gonna be bloody. So no. does Jack get credit for the second kill as well? No, he's I, an I assist. That was, that was assist. a team. Yeah, team okay. kill, probably an assist. He okay. was definitely the point guard. Because I wrote first the power kill, forward. exclamation mark, exclamation mark, and then I wrote first and me a half too. kill. I did so the same I did, thing. I did the same. Thing. I said first Jack kill. Solid grouping, right in chest. I yeah. like it. Second <laughs> yeah. kill, second kill, sloppy, maybe just an assist. Yeah. Right. I said okay, first so, and a half. I called it one. Yeah, and a half. So guys, maybe you know, if if we had just like team killed a dude in an office building, for instance, mm-hmm. um, and I said There's a high five coming. Yeah, no, we're gonna high five each other. Totally. Obviously, yeah, no sure. no doubts about it. Uh, we'll probably get some like Popeyes after. Um yeah. but like what if I said I'm going to go ID that man. 
What would you expect my next action would be? Probably to look at his look face. Look at his face. Yeah, you probably look at his or face. Or like maybe like dig in his yeah. jacket yeah, for maybe like grab a wallet. An ID of some yeah. Sort. yeah, like look yep. for a wallet. Um, what does our boy Jack do? Whew, well, he gives what? he gives my friend the good old thumbs up as I wrote my notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, first he checks his pulse to make sure he's dead because he doesn't right. want to he doesn't want to make him suffer. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, he, um, he checks his pulse with a rag. What does he do, though, guys? What does he do to he that man? Out, he pulls out a, a beautiful knife. Yeah. And um, he just cuts that motherfucking thumb right off. Thumb had right. to go. Like, oh. he just cuts his thumb off. Yeah. Hey, you take the thumb off. Okay, take, sir. Anyway. Wait, wait, wait. One more. One, give me one more. Give me one more. You got it. Thumb you win. Thumb you lose. <laughs> Okay, I can't even. Just uh, like, I'm 100% on board with all of the thumb puns. Or the thumb, yeah, just if like, you will. He didn't even look for an ID. <laughs> nope. Like, nope. I mean, I just think about, like, the number of, like, backlogs of rape kits in this country, mm-hmm. for instance. How quickly do you really think, I just, I'll just, like, you, you walk into your local police department, like, hey, slam this severed thumb <laughs> on a scanner real quick and just i really need to know who it belongs to hey, a, little, a little piece of information in case you were wondering the the wikia for 24 tells us exactly what model knife he used to cut the thumb off sure he i uses, couldn't be more curious <laughs> he uses a benchmade 2550 mini reflex folder folding knife to cut off one of the dead man's thumbs Mm-hmm. Fuck a duck. In case you were wondering what type of what type of knife you would need to cut off a man's thumb. <sighs> I've always been curious. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Okay, uh so let's let's keep moving forward because we got to we're we're uh we're hitting our time here. So at thirty seven minutes into this episode, uh Dirt Bike Boy shows up, who it turns out is not a dirt bike boy, but actually a dirt bike lady. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, instead of handing over the ID, which I still don't really understand why Mandy didn't just do at this point, because no one seems to really be like withholding the money that was owed to her. You, know, um, you got to be safe. Yeah. yeah. So Dirtbike Lady just hands over a Polaroid of the pick of the ID. Yeah. And um, why not? said she just hid the ID and that this was her play. Um, and Gaines snaps at her. Yeah, just and someone puts a gun to her head. Yeah, and but she is stone fucking cold. Yeah, like yeah, and we get the the vague sense. I don't know if you guys got the sense. I did that. uh, Mandy and Dirtbike Lady. uh, Oh, they fucking. They also fucking. No, they've been fucking. And sorry, Mandy feels betrayed. Say, let me defer to 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 Curtis on whether they fucking. Oh, they've been fucking for a while. Good. (laughs) Yeah, and and she feels betrayed. Mandy feels betrayed. But I love the fact that Gaines just snaps his fingers as if. She doesn't know that, hey, dipshit, I'm the only person who knows what this ID is. You're yeah. not going to kill me. Right. You've murdered 400 people to get this thing. I'm <laughs> guessing you're going to want to know where it's at. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Um, so then in the next couple minutes, I think we can skip a lot ahead. Um, in the next couple of minutes, a few things happen. Can we skip um, ahead? What do you got for me? What do you got uh, for me? Well, I got a couple things. Nina breaking some more laws just because... Somebody okay, yeah, insisted. I was gonna, yeah, so <laughs> Terry and Suspicious Dad, uh, Terry calls Jack, Jack's busy murdering folk, uh, so Terry calls Nina and asks for the name and number of the owner of the furniture store. Mm-hmm. Nina breaks a few federal laws well, she says, and she regulations. She says, can I wait? 
Terry says yeah. no, and she says, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And, and that seems to be a theme. And I'm pretty sure Terry's going to get mom napped. I just don't trust this dude, and I think Terry's just giving up information too easy. Oh, my husband's a federal agent. What did, what? Yeah. God damn it. Why can't Jack and, have secrets? And we're getting the sense, there's there's been some chatter that... Maybe things aren't as unconnected as they seem. You know, Nina gives her the phone number. We we get that Janet's dad has been aloof also and maybe came back from Australia or some bullshit. Janet's, and then in, no, Janet's mom moved mom. back to That's Australia. Right. Ten, which ten years ago. Janet is part Australian? Yeah. I'm not buying which it. Which we haven't really not buying it at all. Mm-hmm. had the chance to discover because she's she's been roofied the whole time. Right. Yeah. Okay, and then so in in the in between that, we get uh, we get our first introduction to Senator Palmer's kids. They come home from some sort of weird youth rally at like one thirty in the morning, and <laughs> where um, Green Day was exactly Green Day, Green Day was there. We were so hyped yeah. about Green Day. Let's yeah. I'm I'm gonna be honest here. I I don't see I don't see two black teenagers being that hyped about Green Day. Just just but he played there. Time of Our Life, Curtis, yeah. as he was talking. American Jesus was pretty good. Yeah. They made a musical out of it. I'm yeah. sure you didn't know that. But anyway, uh, Senator David Palmer gets a call from Carl, Carl. saying well, they were talking about the call <laughs> from Maureen Kingsley, the journalist, and that uh, they need to handle this tonight. Palmer is adamant about that. We don't know what the thing is, but something has him uh, not feeling great. Um, yeah. Is Palmer just, a I... good guy or a bad guy at this point? You don't even know. We don't know. I don't know. I need to describe what happens next. <laughs> yeah, late on. Because uh, the next thing we know, uh, the Secret Service comes in and asks Senator Palmer's wife what the senator is. Yep. Um, so that because they need an extra layer of security, because there's going to be an attempt on his life within the day. Yeah. He knocks on the door in which this man who they're protecting is supposed to be, and poof, <laughs> he's gone. And like that, how... How in the general fuck does the Secret Service lose the man that's supposed to be? How? Just how? Right. And I will say. So Jack I just had wanna, a conversation this with this person to say they need an extra layer of security at the beginning of the episode. So 40 minutes ago. And they're just now attempting to do that. Do they not have radios? I've seen them. They have them in their wrist. They talk into their wrist and they say shit. Should have been like, hey, make sure you don't let Palmer fucking sneak out of the goddamn hotel. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be able to sneak out at all. I will say he does so. hide his face from a, a couple. He's sure. like, no, I'm not the black guy running for fucking president. <laughs> so Don't this is our me. first introduction to Aaron Pierce, Secret Service agent. It will play a role in the in this season for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, he's played by the incomparable Glenn Morshauer, who I've I've actually met in real life. Oh, really? He was okay. a lovely man. Yeah, I met him at a, a, a marketing conference in Las Vegas. Oh. It, it was great. He uh, did not understand me fawning over him at all. <laughs> but did you I get did. any but, inside information about uh, 24? No, I, I, I didn't really want to pester him too much uh, because I, I also I couldn't decide between asking him about 24 and Transformers. Ah, thank you. I was about to say, he plays a nice group of authority figures. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, okay, so... We we uh you know we cut to Secret Service realizing that Palmer's gone and Palmer making some sort of weird creepy escape in a parking garage. Um, and yeah, my that- note says 
do to do you don't know me the black presidential candidate <laughs> yeah no one knows who i am and also <laughs> uh we finally we get the reveal uh aaron p C- pierce secret service agent tells sherry palmer uh his wife that he is in danger of assassination so the plot is out in the open the plot um, thickens indeed also before that uh terry calls the owner of the the furniture store she gets the number from nina breaking right. so many laws she mm-hmm. calls him she starts talking to the answering machine before the beep happens i would just like to point that out <laughs> i didn't realize that <laughs> oh, yeah. she's like it. hey is anyone home beep and then she started it was like what do you not know how answering machine works i mean like i wouldn't because it's been so long since i've used one but like it's 2001 you know how answering machine works terry yeah okay so <laughs> that all happens then we cut back to Jack and Walsh escaping through the parking garage where Jack entered the building. And as soon as they're about to make good their escape, Walsh gets shot many multiple more times. <laughs> uh, he but, hands Jack the key card and why, says but that But why did they Scott, run to the car without looking? They were so careful up to that point. It's like they just decided, like, okay, we've made it 95% of the way through this level. Let's Might just fucking good. Leroy Jenkins the rest of this shit. <laughs> Ain't nothing bad gonna happen like, today. This is like when I play fucking uh, Metal Gear Solid and I'm like, I have done everything up to this point and I have made sure that no one has detected me, but I am really bored right now. I'm just gonna run the rest of this fucking way to this car. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and I, I need to go back and watch this at the end of this episode because... I'm pretty sure the assassin was wearing one of those furry hats you wear in the winter here. Um, and that kind of freaked me out because he's in L.A. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this dude, people are taking a lot of a lot of bullets and still talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, this he guy got nice, shot in the back. He made a real nice throw of that ID, though. Yeah. No, yeah, he, I mean, he... Well, to I, be fair, Jack did not catch that ID. Oh, no, he did not even get close. <laughs> No. I love that our Jack boy, for a minute was like, I'm going to drag you up here. Don't worry. Dude, no. This yeah. is- our, bo- our boy Defo missed that idea. <laughs> um, and and so in his dying words, Walsh tells Jack that uh, the guy who gave him the idea, Scott Butler, says that Jamie can be trusted. Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Curtis, maybe some doubt looking on your uh, Jamie's the Mole theory. Yeah. I start, But then I start thinking to myself, what if this creepy son bitch isn't on it? Walsh is apart here. That man was in the West Wing, which you he haven't seen. Jack's so fucking life. figure it out, my I man. No, no one's told me how he saved Jack's life. I don't like his face. Okay, and I don't he, know if those are real bullets that flew in his chest. Okay? He is currently dying very badly, like a horrible, <laughs> we'll, sad, we're gonna lonely see. death we'll on the concrete. <laughs> we'll see if he's dead, Kush. I don't know if he's dead. Do you? Uh, he looks pretty fucking dead. <laughs> did Jack take his pulse and cut his thumb off? No, he didn't. No, he I don't didn't. Know if he's dead or not? No, he didn't. He did not cut off his thumb to make sure. That <laughs> to he was be dead. fair, as we will, we will find out in grisly detail. That is the way Jack confirms all of his skills throughout this entire series. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. I'm just. I'm sorry. There were a lot of bullets flying. Jack took nothing, and this dude took five. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Jack. Jack is impervious to bullets. You'll you'll find this out. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, a, I'm guessing he's going to have an impressive kill to death ratio at the end of the show. <laughs> um, I will say you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, okay, so we cut back to what we talked about a little bit earlier with uh, Jack calls Jamie uh, and starts figuring out what's on the card. Well, she- before we do that, though, we have our first look at Sad Jack. 
He has just watched. Well, I won't say it's his first friend he's watched die. He also in his runs life. a red light. Yeah. By the way, I'm about to but say it's he the almost first friend people. he's watched die in the show. Right. And he is he's a little broken up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some tears in those eyes. He's not. He's not your typical stoical like action hero dude. No, no. man's got no. feelings yeah. for sure. It's a friend. Yeah. Okay, so Jack calls Jamie, and while she's figuring out what's on the card, we cut back to- He does to, pull over, which yeah. is very safe. Very safe. He, he, he does takes not the use time. That, that scanner while he's driving. I get the sense that Jack would never text and drive. He would pull over at every rest stop to exactly. send a message, for sure. He probably no wears problem. a seatbelt. He's just a, you know what, he takes he doesn't take unnecessary risks, okay? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. There's bullets flying. You know, he's dealing with international intrigue. He doesn't need to take random chances of fate on the roads. Yeah. He'll stop. Especially when he's driving 90 on LA freeways. Yeah, he was speeding, though. Let's be fair about that. Um, So we cut back to Dan and Rick, our boys in the purple van, our intrepid kidnappers. Rick and douche. Yeah, Rick and douche. There's a lot of roughhousing going on, Mm -hmm. huh? They're they're having problems. I, uh, so they, they get out of the van with, with, well, sorry. Kim is forced out of the van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she um, gets a boo-boo. Uh, and gets a boo-boo on her elbow. Mm-hmm. And it makes me, it makes me hate Kim even more. She, you know, that's important. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, hey guys, I think Janet's dead. <laughs> she, uh, yeah. Nobody's checked on Janet in a while. She's not pretty sure, good. Pretty sure she's dead. But then, but then, but then as, as douche and Rick are trying to get Kim to call her mom, um, tell her that she's okay. And that, that she's just at a party and will be home later tonight. Uh, Douche. We find out that Janet's not dead. No, yeah. she is not. <laughs> How do we do that? She does have a broken arm now, though. <laughs> Douche takes a crowbar, which I don't know why the van has a crowbar in it. You'd think maybe it's a tire it iron. A, it was a pipe laying on the ground. Was it? Okay. It was just a, like a random debris or no, detritus. I he pulled it out of the truck. That's even... I mean, right I, the van. Was it, it was maybe it was a tire on the iron. ground. I, I, either way, <laughs> um, this piece of metal piping here, uh, he takes Janet's arm out of the old window. Smacks and, it real uh, good. slaps yeah. it. Yeah. Just, just and so The thing so, is, is that like he... He gave Kim plenty of opportunity to say, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. I'll call. But Kim was just like, nah, I'm going to let you fuck up Janet's arm first. Well, so to be fair, before, well, not to be fair, because that's not a great <laughs> move for anyone. So right before uh, Douche hits Jan- breaks Janet's arm with a pipe, um, Rick reminds Douche that Gaines said not to Gaines. hurt her, talking about Kim. So we get our first sense that um, our boys, Rick and Dan, are involved in a bigger situation and that Kim, maybe not a random kidnapping, mm-hmm. maybe not a random like drugging, okay. they might have been sent at Kim to kidnap her. Mm-hmm. So um, so rather than hurting Kim, Dan hurts Janet to get Kim to act in a manner that he wants her to. So. Yep. Um, again, where we're looking at a a bigger conspiracy than we might have been thinking Some, already. Somebody wants our boy out mm-hmm. of the picture. Yeah, there and wheels are in motion. So already we're setting things up for people have some leverage over Jack, and there's also mm-hmm. internal CTU pressure that people have died at a location that another CTU agent knows Jack was at. So I feel like we're moving towards. Um, a confrontation here. A lot of uh, a lot of things coming together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Terry is dumb as fucking shit. Yeah, because Terry's... her daughter 
calls her basically crying Mm -hmm. that she is Mm -hmm. oh no i'm fine i'm at a party i love you and she's just like oh okay she's at a party no big deal and um once again mr york does not seem very upset that he did not get a chance to talk to his daughter who right definitely had sex in the well, furniture store he doesn't know she went for a walk been fucking no yeah it could have been kim fucking so he's just in in uh in just happy denial that right. janet well, had sex he's just like oh kim's such a dirty bitch she's probably the one who had sex this dude's creepy anyway yeah. but but terry then does realize however she never says i love you yeah to me but she, mm-hmm. she, she seems more touched by it than concerned Right. <laughs> I, I think she's got an inkling. She's like, hmm. Yeah. I like I like that because I'm a I'm a good mom, but right. Not not sure about it. And so we get that, and then we cut back to CTU. It's our our big oh. big oh, moment. So oh yeah. So Jamie calls Jack. Says she's broken through the card. She knows whose terminal mm-hmm. the card had been encrypted from. Yeah, she does. So you know she's talking it through Jack. Something comes up on Jack's screen. Guys, tell me who is the CTU mole? Nina fucking. Myers, God she of the it. terrible hair. Holy you shit, hair. you dudes, bitch! I could yeah. not believe it. My notes say, "Oh, so much intrigue, though." Mine said, "Oh shit!" Exclamation point. Yeah, mine <laughs> say, "Oh shit, y'all." Damn. Here's the thing. <laughs> Nina, Nina was the obvious choice in episode one, and I just didn't want to do it. Well, well, so so let's break that down. So she's the obvious choice from episode one. Right. She's just been revealed. How do you feel about that? I feel I feel betrayed. It's episode Jack. it's episode two though. Where do you think this show taking you? We're two hours I, into well, a twenty four hour journey. Correct. Correct. Now here's the thing. Obviously, and I'm I'm gonna believe this because I I know that shows fuck with me. Someone's used Nina's terminal. That's perfectly fine. Someone's done this to set Jack against the woman he been fucking. Maybe it's his own wife. I don't know, but I'm intrigued. I'll tell you that, gentlemen. I'm ready for more. Do you think it might more. be Tony? Tony's a Cubs fan. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore infallible. Fuck you. But Tony, <laughs> but Tony is fucking Nina now. And he uh-huh. has to know he's so perceptive. He has to know that Jack was laying that D before uh-huh. he was. Sure. And And from what we've all seen... Jack is better in action than Tony has any right to hope he ever could. Yeah. 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 We're By the way, find- we, we need to get a sound drop of Tony saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very important. I'm just going to, I his soul patch is so creepy, but uh, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to let this roll. I'm going to stop trying to guess. Fuck that! I'm gonna keep guessing. Yeah, but I, uh, by I the way, we're gonna keep I think asking I, you. You're not off the hook. Sorry. I think, it, I, think it, I think it's not Nina, right? I, it can't be. It's too easy, too early. So there you go. Okay. Well, um, so we find that so, out. But but if, wait, if it's not Nina, then who is it, Curtis? God, so it's not Nina. It's not Tony because he's a Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. I'm back to Jamie. You're is back it to Jamie? Mason? She is it said, Mason? Is Jamie, it Jamie? Jamie's the one that sent Jack the information. Oh, hmm. Hmm. maybe well, Scott. Maybe Scotty 
been fucking. Hmm. And so he mm-hmm. thinks he can trust her. But well, no. so far, literally every character we've met been fucking. So um, <laughs> I will say this, uh, Curtis, there are characters we've yet to meet. Uh, uh, wrinkles yet to be uncovered. Oh, yeah. And uh, as we as we discover, um, we go to our, our final five wide split the screen fi- of the, the show as as we do on episode or season one of 24. And um, we see uh, our clone of the uh, German photographer sniping. Yeah. And there's there's a uh, a hard boiled egg in a chain link fence, and he shoots it from an unknown distance, showing yeah. that he is real real good. With is this dude Bobbly Swaggert now? You think he's a shooter? Fucks that egg up, man. He fucks that egg up. So that's how we close. Uh, you know, we're we're at two a.m. in L.A. In 2001. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the question. Here's the question I have. So the sniper. I mean, it's it's. Has he taken a nap or has he been up all night? Because I feel like as a sniper, you probably probably should have, you know, some good rest. Somebody tells me he's been he's had a a good night's sleep. Like he's fine. Yeah. Um, He's okay. Yeah. We I mean, I would I would guess that most of our villains like had a siesta. Okay. You know, in the desert. Mm -hmm. All we know is that Jack had a full day. How long ago did he have to have this plastic surgery? It must have been months because that kind my, of healing. My boys yeah, got a no long scars. time, right? My boys they got don't no have, scars. They don't have the technology of, say, face off, where they can just <laughs> take the face. Take the so face. So once again, well, also, consider, also his face consider gone. the investment and planning <laughs> it takes to know that this, by the way, nature photographer would be sent to cover <laughs> uh, a a. Uh, a presidential candidate, not yeah, even. Not right, even like, yeah, what if he just oh, decided, wait, like, I don't want to fly it. all no, the way from now, Berlin. Now I'm, even, now I'm even madder. Here's the thing. So, yeah, he had to have surgery at least six weeks ago because she touched his face and he didn't feel any pain. Right? How long is the actual primary? Like, did they know this dude was going to win six weeks ago? Probably not. They must. They planned this shit in New Hampshire. They're like, uh-oh. Nope. Well, like yeah, that. I mean, if you figure Super Tuesdays in February, <laughs> and typically by about July, maybe you know who the pres or who the nominee yeah. is going to be. So they might have they might have had four months, maybe less. Yeah, they were like, "Let Bartlett be Bartlett, and then let's kill Bartlett." Curtis, that's a West Wing <laughs> joke you would get if you I, fucking watch the, the greatest name, show in television history. I've heard the name Jed Bartlett before, oh, but I congrats. don't know. I don't know the context. Congratulations, the second greatest president in uh, movie or TV history. Yeah, behind, the first Mor- being behind just, Morgan Freeman. No, just President Bill Pullman. Well, <laughs> yeah, clearly. I mean, he saved uh, okay, the world yeah, from yeah. the aliens. Correct. All right, gentlemen. Yeah. Well, that was episode two of. Uh, the longest days of our lives. Any any fleeting thoughts to close us out? I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. I how forgot people... how good the first two episodes of this series were. Yeah. Uh, let's place odds. Uh, does Jack kill anyone? Episode three. Whew. He's headed, um, he's, headed, he's headed back to the office, but now he knows that Nina may be a mole. Mm-hmm. I don't mm. remember, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I'm a, I'm I'm a no on this one. I haven't I haven't watched in twelve years, so I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know where that where that assassin went, and he's stopped on the side of the highway right now. I don't know. Jack could have work to do. Well, gentlemen, uh, I cannot wait to reconvene for uh, two to three a.m. Let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. Godspeed. I love you. Love y'all. Bye, buddy. Bye.